Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein, and with me, as always, is the lovely Karen Randazzo. Hello. And the pain in the butt, Chris Randazzo. My life is a bacon-wrapped hell. Yeah, but there's no better hell than a bacon-wrapped hell, right? Fair enough. I mean, that's one way to look at it. <laughs> this week, we're going to talk TV. Unlike last week... Wait, wait, no, we talked last week about TV, too. So, pretty much, we're talking about TV. Um, we're going to be covering three different shows this week. I am covering Con Man. Chris, what do you got for us? I will be covering The Muppets. And Karen... Let's talk the awesomes. So with that being said, if you don't want spoilers, shut this off. Go watch any of those shows and come back. Please come back because we make the shows entertaining if they're not. And if they are entertaining, we make them more entertaining. <sighs> Karen, your show yes. I have no idea about. None. Zero. <laughs> Zipola. Did you want to mention our feature topic? Oh, that's right. We're going to talk about the shield. The, the agents of the shield. Uh... <laughs> it's going to be a long edit. I could feel this. Um, with the season opener of shield, we feel that we should get back into it. And it, it in my opinion, it, it, it started off with, with the bang, but we'll get to that later. Um, Karen, tell me something about the awesomes. Well, uh, up until maybe two weeks ago, I was like, I think probably a lot of people had never heard of this show. Uh, I was just clicking through my uh, Hulu one day, and it was on the top little thing featured shows, so I checked it out. The Awesomes is a half-hour animated series about a team of superheroes who are underdogs. Not a story we haven't heard before. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Very original. Yeah, to give you a kind of a quick intro to the show, it's uh there's there's the super team that's the Awesomes and Mr. Awesome who's been in charge for like, I don't know, 75 years or something is retiring and uh his son wants to take over who is uh has no superpowers but is a genius. And uh Nobody has any confidence in him, so all the other superheroes take off. They're like, peace out, we're not on this team. So he has to form a new team with whatever's left, which is all these supposed rejects. Um, <laughs> and then they have to fight Dr. Malocchio, who is the supervillain of the first season, which is what I watched. And uh, he's got mind control powers, and he wants to get rid of all the superheroes. Again, familiar territory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is... This is treading normal places, so how is so, that? Yeah, how's the animation? I'm looking at stills, yeah. mm -hmm. and, and it seems kind of generic. Is it purposeful? Like, do they use that? It's pretty standard. Like, I don't know, Cartoon Network style. I don't. I'm not a huge art person, so <laughs> I'm not very good okay. at describing it. But. Um, you know, I mean, it was, it's clean. It made sense. It didn't look like a mess. Okay. But this show's designed to be a comedy, right? Yes. Okay. That, that, and that's my point. Like, it looks off. And there was a... What was that animated show about the... the, the, the Betty Boop... Like, there were Betty Boop rejects and stuff. 
drawn together, which was a horrible show. I will quite. It was, it was relatively funny in comparison to the other things that were on that channel at that time, <laughs> but it was it was just I mean make you blush type of racy and bad. But anywho, let's let's get back to the awesome. Sorry, <laughs> train derailment right. there. <laughs> so this show is uh, I guess created by Seth Meyers, uh, formerly of SNL, and also one of the late night shows that I don't know what it's called because I don't stay up that late. Um, <laughs> Can we just go with he... late night with Seth Myers? Yeah, that's good. Oh, Why not cool. that? Okay. Yeah, the guy they gave the show to because there was literally no one else to give the show to. <laughs> he was the only one awake. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so there's a lot of um, SNL adjacent people, I guess you could say, involved in it. Um, the characters are pretty good. Uh, they're They're all... They're all, you know, superheroes. They each have a power and a tragic flaw. Um, but a lot of them didn't make sense necessarily. Like, I'm, I was going through making a list of the people and I'm like, okay, this one is this and this one is this. And it's like, a lot of the flaws of the superheroes is that they're just stupid. <laughs> Which okay. is why they need to be on a team with the super genius so that they have someone who tell them what to do, I guess. Um, so there's the leader so they, who they is, need to be uh, led. <laughs> exactly. The leader is Professor Doctor. That's the Seth Meyers character, um, which is, uh, they, his nickname is Proc, which, ugh, uh, uh, is awful. Okay. Then they have a strong man, a guy who can, like, make anything with his mind, um, a guy who is, you know, when he gets, he's like the Hulk, except he turns into a sumo wrestler instead of the Hulk. <laughs> but when he's not a sumo wrestler, he's a nine-year-old Asian boy. <laughs> okay. Uh, they have the super speed guy who is kind of a redneck idiot. They have a gadget gal who uh, has all kinds of gadgets in her purse. And she is one of, she's like the only original um, generation superhero left. She was on the original Awesomes team. Um, and I'm not exactly sure what her flaw is other than she's super, super racist. <laughs> <laughs> like everything she says is super inappropriate. <laughs> not just racist. Not super racist. Super, super racist. I like it. Exactly. <laughs> so they, you know, and then there's Hotwire who can control electricity um, and her flaw is kind of a plot point so i won't talk about that so they have all these guys and they're you know all the stories are like pretty traditional like with a team like this oh we have to learn to work together we have to listen to each other we have to trust each other it's nothing new um yeah i, I wanted to like this show a lot i i really did i some people don't like newer um Saturday Night Live cast members, I know, like, Chris is not a fan. I am not. <laughs> but I, 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 you know, I take it on a case-by-case basis. I think they're funny sometimes. They can be funny. And and the, the comedy of the show is good. Uh, but it's just something about the universe that they were living in didn't work. Like, there, there were rules, but they didn't apply all the time. Okay. And it just, it just felt like they weren't dealing with the people who had powers in the way like that you would like for example the villain uh, has mind control powers 
but he really, like, he had this really contrived plan to take over the universe that was spread over a ten-episode arc, and there was really no point. If you can control everyone's minds, why aren't you a lot more powerful than you are right now? <laughs> why aren't you the guy in charge? Or gal. Exactly. <laughs> the, 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 uh, the guy who's the, the leader of the awesomes, there's an assistant on the awesomes, uh, to like a you know, kind of the equivalent of Jarvis for the Avengers, mm-hmm. but a person instead of a computer. <laughs> okay. But if the leader is a super genius, why does he need an assistant to tell him things? <laughs> like, it just didn't make any sense. There seems to be some plot holes in this. Yeah. I don't know. I, I want Like I say, I wanted to like it because I like superhero stuff and I like things that are funny and I like cartoons. So all the ingredients were there, but they just weren't put together in a way that made sense. Sounds like a modern Saturday Night Live sketch. <laughs> I mean, and I, I mean that as a dig, but also at the same time, I mean, it's it's very symptomatic of it, just you know, Seth Meyers and that, that general culture. Like, one of the things I dislike so much about modern Saturday Night Live is that they come up with half a joke and then they stretch it. Uh, as far as they can and then they stretch it for five more minutes past as far as they can and then they move on to the next thing and that's as far as most of the thought goes into this crap um and this show as as karen's describing it sounds to me like just purely symptomatic of that like they had this this birth of an idea and instead of focusing on making making it cohesive and putting the kind of world building that's involved in something like a show that I'll probably talk about later, Rick and Morty, which you know, I'm not sold on this show the way a lot of people are, but I'm, I'm starting to understand it. But something like that has a lot of thought put into the world that's around it. You know, besides the fact that it's funny and it's, and it's going for jokes, it's not a show that's meant to be taken seriously, but the writers took it seriously enough to make sure that everything made sense within the confines of that world. And I don't know. I, I saw the I saw the commercials for this all over like YouTube and whatnot for the Awesomes, and, I, and it just didn't speak to me. I just looked at it and thought, mm, I don't know. I mean, it would be cool to have a funny superhero cartoon, but something about this was rubbing me the wrong way. And I, I guess I I wasn't necessarily my gut wasn't necessarily wrong on that one. Right. Well, it seems like as you said, Saturday Night Live. The 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 unfortunate thing that happened with Saturday Night Live is you know Wayne's World became popular. And we got a couple of Wayne's World movies. And then they thought they can continue to do that with Saturday Night Live people. So, okay, we got some Austin Powers. They sort of trickled away and, and, and became ludicrous at the end. And apparently they're making another one. But then they start regurgitating characters that nobody gave a shit about on the show. You know, and yeah, they, they keep pushing. They, like, they want, they think it's funny. And they will force you to think it's funny, whether you think it's funny or not. <laughs> I, yeah, it, and they'll keep on going. And it's I can't tell you how many times I've seen like a promising sketch or something with like a great guest on Saturday Night Live, and then a sketch will be like it'll start off making me laugh, and then I will have stopped laughing five minutes ago, and it's still going. Yeah. And it's like, guys, no one to call it, no one to move on to the next thing, no one it stops being funny, but. I don't know. I don't mean to, you know, segue this into a Saturday Night Live discussion. I think it's a I think it's a related topic though, and I have two points related to Saturday Night Live. One is I think a lot of people think oh, Saturday Night Live isn't as good as when it was. It, it was good when I watched it when I was a kid and I or not a kid, a teenager, whatever. 
when I first got to stay up late and see it. I think right. a lot of us, when we first saw it at that time, like it was the, our some of our first exposure to like subversive comedy. So it was injected with that extra like, oh, in our memory, it's so so much greater than it was. Also, it's a sketch show like those early shows that had those great characters that we loved had just as many crappy sketches as they did, you know, as the, the shows do now. Um, I, that's, and I think I, the, I understand what you're saying. But it, if you look at at the comedy actor or actress themselves, I don't. I, in my opinion, not a not a single solid comedic actress or actor has come out of Saturday Night Live in a long time. There's, there hasn't been. I would Eddie argue Murphy against that. that. No, there nobody nobody like superstar. But I think there have been some talented people. Okay, Bill what? Hader. Will I Forte. Who, see, I don't know that. I I know the name. I don't know who that is. Like, I, if I hit uh, them with my car, I probably wouldn't know who they are. <laughs> now, had I run over Eddie Murphy, I'd know who that is. Well, everybody knows who Eddie Murphy is. He's Donkey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Donkey. <Ooh>. Okay. <laughs> you just lost your speaking privileges for the next two minutes. <laughs> I can't make jokes. You guys can make jokes and I can't make a joke. <laughs> Um, the other thing about Saturday Night Live, though, is, you know, yes, their sketches do go tend to go on too long, but they put together 90 minutes, well, not 90 minutes, whatever it is, ends up being without commercials and musical acts and monologues. All of that fresh show of sketches every week. Sorry. Okay, whatever. It's It's a lot of content. And they do it every week and they only have so much time to make it good. And then they have to put it on the air no matter what. So, yeah, sometimes the jokes go on longer, but what else are they going to do? They don't have anything else. And for so for Saturday Night Live, I understand that. But when you translate it to a project like The Awesomes, where you're making 10 episodes of an animated show, you probably have more development time. If it's not ready, you can just, you know, not make it. Absolutely <laughs> agree with that. That's, and that's so my point I with think, the movies. It's the same yes. over and over again. So, so that's a freaking movie. It's so it's like they learned how to do things at SNL, and then they moved on to other projects, and they never learned how to do anything any better than that. And I think that's what happened here. Yeah, I mean, it, I totally get what you're saying about the the time constraints on SNL, and it's a it's a very valid point that you know they're under. It's a that is a tough gig. Like writing for SNL is definitely a tough gig, and coming up with comedy like that is a tough gig, but. I think my my gripe with them uh, comes from the fact that they really do think that's good enough. And if you're gonna be a, if you're gonna be somebody that's good enough to move on to something like you know hosting a late night show or making an animated series, those kinds of things should always eat at you. Like those sketches that you know that goes on too long, and you you make it work with uh, the abilities that you have and and, and to the the best that you can. But if you still take that and move forward with something like the awesomes. I, I, it's a shame. And I think that's, that's kind of the feeling that I get from the SNL cast. And this isn't just like, you know, a recent thing. I've never really been a big fan of SNL, but that's, that's the impression that I've gotten from watching them is not that they're, they're out of time. And like, Oh, was it that show? Um, studio 60, uh, the, 
that that show like watching the behind the scenes on that made me feel for those those guys because that kind of stuff would come up and be like well we just have to stretch this we have to make this work so do the best that you can whereas the folks on saturday night live i look at and they're like they come up with ah we'll just stretch it like it feels like it comes from a lazy point more than a this is a necessity point but that's just my completely uninformed opinion because I don't know these people. I don't know what's going on in their heads. Uh, I am just a guy behind a microphone. <laughs> all right. So well, all for what all, it's Kevin. worth, yeah. For what it's worth, I don't know. There's there's three seasons of this thing, which I I finished the season, the first season, and I was like, oh crap, there's there's two more seasons here. I didn't even know. It's a so maybe it gets better. It's a Hulu original, okay. Um, and there's three seasons available. Uh, for what it's worth, um, Seth Meyers seems to have created this with someone else named Myers, maybe his brother. I don't know. Um, so you know, it's possible there's some like team struggles going on there that maybe Seth Meyers isn't that much involved because I think I think Seth Meyers is a pretty funny guy, and I haven't seen the late night show, but I have faith that it's pretty good. But when you get start getting other people involved, this is what happens. Nah. So I don't know. Check it out. Maybe maybe if you like SNL, maybe it's for you. I will say one of the main characters is voiced by Ike Barinholtz, who's from the Mindy Project, who plays Morgan. And if you like Morgan, you'll probably like him. Um, so there there are things to like about it. Maybe maybe it's for you. I don't know if it's for me. I might delve into season two and see where that goes. Which one's Morgan? Uh, Which one's the Seth nurse Myers? who's like I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan is like the male nurse who's, you know, you don't like him. Oh, the big doofy guy who wants to be Jim Brewer. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, Nobody should want to be Jim Brewer. <laughs> I don't think Jim Brewer wants to be Jim Brewer anymore. <laughs> I think Jim Brewer's doing all right for himself. He's got his own little stand up gigs and he's fine. Nobody has to go see them. <laughs> I feel like Jim Brewer is going to be like Bob Saget, where like everyone really didn't care for him when he was on uh, Full House. This is like Bob Saget. What is that guy? And then like all of a sudden, oh, he's actually really funny, as opposed to Polly Shore, who is actually not really funny. Yeah. Well, Bob Saget became funny we when he Pauly told us that he blew some guy for coke, and then we were like, whoa, what? <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. That was hilarious. <laughs> all right. Well, okay, Chris. I need you to I need you to do me a favor. Yo, I know you have a lot of love for the Muppets. I know it. I do. Okay. Uh-huh. I need you to I need you to rein your love in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, how was the the Muppets nighttime show? Um, episode two was a vast improvement over episode one. Um, I, I didn't really get a chance to talk about it on the show. I didn't really care for the first episode of the Muppets. Um. The, the the comedy was good um it was just and the, the the premise is great too like i i i really have to tip my hat to them coming up with this premise because it's it affords the show a lot of opportunities to make it like the original muppet show um you know miss piggy is the host of a late night uh, talk show and so this is like all your behind the scenes plus some scenes from the the talk show it's it could really work like that the the trouble that it's running into is that it's it's kind of being written like it's just the office with the Muppets, uh, except it's also trying to be way more racy than a Muppet show should be. Like, uh, it, 
That's a it sentence cons- I never, ever, ever thought I'd hear in my entire life. Yeah, it is. It appears to be actively daring you to think about Muppet sex. Um. <laughs> okay, we got our show title. Dare you for to those think of you Muppet who sex. <laughs> for those of you who don't do that on the reg. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a place for you. There's, I'm sure there's a Reddit for that. Um, yeah, because so, all right. So in the first episode, um, uh, there came a point where uh, Kermit the Frog talked about uh all right let me back up a second when you watch a muppet christmas carol um there's a scene where uh kermit and piggy are are you know married they're playing the 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 cratchits and they have little kids they have you know a couple little pig kids and a couple little frog kids but you don't think about the logistics of that because (laughs) it's not designed to make you think of the logistics of that but in the first episode of the muppets uh kermit flat out says that he thinks pigs are sexy (laughs) Okay, and that just kind of made me uncomfortable. It was it was unnecessary. See, Muppets have always done a great job of skirting that line, of you know they've always had little bits where like you know, the celebrity guests would come on the show and say like oh Kermit's cute or something like that, or even in the promos for this show where Nathan Fillion went into Piggy's uh, trailer and came out with his you know outfit all disheveled and whatnot. It, it's always done a very good job of insinuating things without flat out stating it, and. Um, now that they're flat out stating it, it's just kind of making me uncomfortable. I think that's the symptom of their being like, oh, this isn't your dad's Muppets show. This is a new, you know, we're going to no holds barred. And, Push that and hopefully, yeah, hopefully when they get like get over that, they'll just uh, that'll go away a little bit. Exactly. And you would think that a show like the Muppets wouldn't suffer from pilot's disease you know these characters have been established for so long but the pilot episode i I guess i judged the pilot a little harshly because of that because i didn't really think there was much of an excuse for it um but i will say that the jokes hit um most of the jokes in the first episode hit and, and i felt way stronger about that in the second episode um i remember me and karen watched it and i laughed a lot during that episode it didn't hit the uh it didn't hit the uncomfortable humor too hard. Uh, it it seemed like it really put a light a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, it was it, the the second episode of the Muppets was about um, what was it that <laughs> this rating scale for Piggy's mood, um, <laughs> and um, it was like code red and it was like you know run for the hills code orange etc. And they mentioned the fabled code green, which is everything is fine, and uh, they've never experienced it before. <laughs> So, um, they were going to have a guest on the show, uh... Elizabeth Banks. El- that was in the first episode. Who was the guest that, um, they had Josh Groban on, but he was supposed to be replacing somebody, um, that was Piggy's ex or something like that. I don't know. But Josh Groban was on the show, and, uh, Kermit wound up trying to set her up with, uh, Josh Groban. Oh, that's right. Piggy had a, um, she was, uh, in a really foul mood because she didn't have a, a date for the SAG Awards. And um, so Kermit came up with the idea of setting up Piggy with Josh Groban, who then uh, it was successfully worked. And they hit code green and everyone was super happy, uh, except Josh Groban started to, like, change the show from behind the scenes <laughs> and, um, like, make Miss Piggy, like, really into books and, and, and things like that. It was just turning in the most boring show ever. The Statler yeah. and Waldorf were sleeping in the front row. It was, it was great. The electric mayhem had to go acoustic. <laughs> 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 it 
a great bit about how they're oh they're called the Electric Mayhem Band. I yeah it was it was good and um yeah I guess the the way they resolved everything was uh it was it, it it did such a good job of playing to these characters' strengths because they resolved everything by playing to Piggy's ego. And I won't spoil anything because yeah you should you should watch the episode. I mean not that I haven't spoiled enough already, but you know the the thing is is that they're. They they didn't try to like make it into some weird, uncomfortable, over sexualized situation. Um there were you know, there were flaws, there were moments where you're just like, meh. Um But it, it was a little bit more joyful and more focused on the sheer absurdity of these characters than um you know, the first episode had a couple of points you know, a couple of beats that were really serious, and I don't feel like the show had earned that yet, you know? I, when I was watching the first episode, and I and to be honest, I only watched half of it because I saw the punchline of every joke before they actually told it. Um, the the like the interstitials, like the the you know the talking head. Shit. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah. I hate it on real show on real TV <laughs> on fake TV with Muppets with cartoons. Not a fan, and like the the that part is supposed to be like a surprise. You know, like, whatever they say, hey, surprise, reaction type of thing. And there was, like, a, a, literally a scene where Gonzo's like, yeah, I hate those scenes. Right? It was, was it Gonzo? Pretty it was Yeah, it was Gonzo. Gonzo. I actually laughed at that because nope. he said he was he said exactly what he was going to do, and then he did and, it. And right. You, it was telegraphed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was, it was, like, extremely telegraphed. And I think that's one of the things that the show needs to kind of get better at because like, for example, Fozzie, like of, of <laughs> course you kind of see like where a lot of these jokes are going, but it's their delivery. And, and the fact that they're the Muppets and the fact that this is completely absurd to begin with, that kind of helps them get away with that. The, 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 the hip swivel of Fozzie that just brought me joy. <laughs> ah! Ah! Yeah. Oh, Kermit! Kermit did the whole "yay" thing in uh, in the second episode, and it was when they achieved code green. It was it was pretty wonderful. Yeah. So I mean, look, there's a lot of potential for this show to be to be great to to bring back um, that that kind of greatness that the original Muppet Show had, and that that character and that flow. There's there's a lot of potential, and I really want to see this show hit that potential. Um, and like Karen said, they've just got to kind of get over themselves to to get there and just embrace what they have because uh, you've, they've got a great cast of characters, they've got a great setup, and you know the mockumentary thing is done to death. Mm -hmm. uh, but it could work in this instance only because it's the Muppets. You know, only if they make it an absolute you know, part of the show and a joke, could they make that work? And if there's any characters left in the universe that could make that work, it's got to be the Muppets. So, I don't know. Um, episode two of the Muppets gets a thumbs up from me. I'm looking forward to episode three, and, and I, I really want to see this show stick around. I want to see where it goes. Good. I, I, feel like I, I feel like I should give it another chance. I'll, I'll finish the first episode and check out the second, because your love for the show, I, I mean, you remind me of the fact that, yeah, we grew up with the Muppets. Like that's their that's our childhood, and the fact that they're not redoing a children's show again, even though you know mm -hmm. the Muppets for their time it was you know sort of on the slightly adulter side, but it was really geared towards kids, and they're not doing that now. They're they're aiming it right at us because we that's that's our that's our history, that's our youth. Because we're 
we we're lifelong Muppet fans, and now we have money. Yeah, this is very true. This Indeed, very but true. they should also make it accessible by everybody because that was the brilliance of the original Muppet Show was that it had that almost Pixar movie quality where it's like this show is a prime time it's a prime time comedy show, uh, and it is accessible to kids. But it's speaking to adults as well. Like there was a lot of jokes on the original Muppet Show that you know, rewatching it now, I never would have got half that crap when I was a kid. Well, that, you know, see, and that's the the thing a good, a, a good film presentation for both children and adults is it's for kids that they throw a few things in for adults. Because when we sit down and watch something for children, we're, we're literally watching it because it's for the kids. You know, you guys will sit there and watch a show. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm not speaking to the right group, but. <laughs> You will sit down and, like, the shit that doesn't survive is the stuff that's like Barney. You know, because it's there's absolutely Thank nothing, God. For adult, nothing for an adult in that at all. Dora the Explorer, that's going to go away. There's nothing for adults in there. So we have no inkling to watch it at all. It is, it's a, a digital babysitter. We throw a kid in front of it and go do something else. Stuff like The Muppets was something that we all enjoyed together parents sitting down with children because there was always something in there for them to giggle at or that we didn't catch the show seems to not be doing that it seems that it's just going for the adult right now maybe they'll level off and and find that right mix i hope yeah i mean really what they need to they 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 just need to make it appropriate for children Mm -hmm. like they don't even need to have it be understandable by kids because at the end of the day it's a damn puppet show like (laughs) All they need is to not make it overtly inappropriate. That's 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 really all that's missing from the show, I think. And there are, yeah, because I think there are moments like <laughs> there's some physical comedy in the show that uh, the kids will would laugh at, like when <laughs> Kermit tried to get into Piggy's dressing room past Josh Groban. <laughs> oh, his that's a great leap. great moment. Uh, <laughs> So there, there, there are things in there that kids would laugh at, regardless of if they have anything, any idea what's going on. Okay, all right, I'll give it a shot. It's good stuff. Good, good, good. I'm glad. I'm actually very happy to see that it is succeeding because it's doing well. Um, hopefully, it'll it'll hold on to that and, and get better. Uh so it's my turn. <clears throat> now, I'm going to admit to something. I've now I know how much you love Nathan Fillion, so I'm going to need you to dial back <laughs> on that. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm watching the clock, yo. Um, I actually paid for the show that I'm uh, that I'm about to talk about. Um, as as a lot of people know, I am f- fluent in the nefarious ways of acquiring stuff digitally. Um, I have all the cable stuff, so I pay for that monthly. Um, Okay, the show's called Con Man because Convention Man doesn't sound as cool. That's that's literally the tagline, which I think is awesome. <laughs> um, this is a show starring Alan Tudyk, um, Wash, from those who know Firefly and or Serenity, and uh, he put it up on Vimeo, and they did a you know they did a Kickstarter program for it. So not only did I pay for the Vimeo watch, but I actually donated to the Kickstarter just because I wanted to see this show happen. Um, and as a little tribute to us Kickstarterians, in the credits at the very end, 
they scroll through like a gajillion names so fast and so blurry, but they promise me that my name is in there somewhere. I, I can't I can't verify that. I'm just gonna take them on their word. Um Conman is a story of uh Ray Neely. Uh Ray Neely is played by Alan and he is suffering from sci fi fatigue. He Well alright we I'm just gonna assume that we all know that Alan Tudyk played Wash in Firefly, who was the pilot of the spaceship Serenity. Um, in this show, he plays Ray Neely, who is a actor who starred in a show called sci-fi show called Spectrum as the pilot, and he can't <laughs> he can't get away from it. He he's, he he's, his life has been consumed by this. Um, Nathan Fillion's in it. There's a laundry list of, of actors and actresses that show up in this. And it's this on the average, like, outside of crowd scenes, there's, like, five people per episode. Episodes are about 15 minutes long, 10 to 15 minutes long. Um, and it is hysterical from from start to finish. Um, on Vimeo, it was 15 bucks for the season. And they're releasing episodes, I want to say, in either three or four issue clumps. So I think, I don't know what today's date is, but I, on the 7th, the next clump was supposed to come out, which may be today. I'm not 110 on that one. That would be tomorrow. Okay, so tomorrow another three or four episodes are coming out. Um, they, they, I don't know. I can't speak for the next half because I'm not looking ahead. I don't want to know what's coming up. These three, four episodes revolved around him going to a sci-fi convention, and the underlying story is about a a possibility of him getting a role in a Clint Eastwood western, but he has to keep it quiet. He keep, has to keep it on the hush-hush. Hush. Um, I, he is a beaten and destroyed man, so, and, and it, it's, it's, it's shown... By the first episode, he happens to be, you know, getting in, and the, you know, his flight comes in. He goes into the airport bathroom, and he's sitting in the middle stall, and he's talking on his cell phone to his agent or booker about how, you know, the flight was supposed to be first class. It's coach. He can't take coach because of his back. Blah 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 blah. But as he's talking, the guy in the next stall hears him, and the guy starts to strike up a conversation. Hey, are you are you Ray? And you know, would you, and like he ends up passing him a magazine under the stall door for him to sign, and it doesn't even have his face on the cover. It has Nathan Fillion's face on the cover, which <laughs> it turns out that Nathan Fillion was the captain of the ship, which he was the pilot for. I mean, it all sounds very familiar. I, I can't put my th- finger on it, but it's it's vaguely familiar. Um, he gets to this rhymes with Schmeierschmei. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh it little back and forth. We've, we, okay, we get to the the con, and he is given. Um, we meet his his I guess his booking, our agent, who um, oh, Mindy Sterling. I want to if I'm not mistaken. Um, you may not know her name, but when you see her, you know exactly who she is. The the, the 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 role I most remember her for was in Austin Powers. She played the German woman that kept yelling out Scott's name. Okay. Okay. Scott! That woman. <laughs> um, 
overly sexualized. Oh, yeah. There got it is. Her. She's overly sexualized. She thinks she's a great actress. She played one role in one sci-fi film like 40 years ago. But <laughs> she has <clears throat> she has gotten Ray an assistant for the show. Someone to help him, you know, it's it's <laughs> just get his shit done while he's there. And um the assistant is Felicia Day. Yay! Okay. I love her. I love her. I too. hate her, but I love her. Okay. But she's not playing Felicia Day. She's playing just a, a, a girl who happens to be like a really huge fan. But she's keeping it like she's keeping it in. She's not she's not geeking out completely. The only way she geeks out is she dresses like him, <laughs> exactly like him. And she comes up with the excuse that if a situation arises, she could be his double, and like. Run in the other direction, or or fool the group. Now this joke comes up in four episodes like six times because like he wakes up in a drunken stupor one day, and as he's putting on his shirt, his arm goes through the neck hole, so his arm and his neck and his head are through the same hole, and he's talking with someone, and all of a sudden she walks in and she's dressed the same exact way. <laughs> <laughs> like you see her bra strap in the whole nine, and she's got two cups of coffee in her hand. Um, another, another little snippet that if you're really not paying attention, you would miss, but there's like four bartenders in the the episode, or excuse me, you see a bartender four times in four different places during the show and they're all played by Casper Van Dien (laughs) (laughs) and all he does is ask him what he wants and he's constantly shaking a, you know, a marker, you know, a, a, a tumbler. With a lot of ice in it, and it's making a lot of noise. That's all he does throughout the whole time he's on screen. Um, Sean Astin shows up. Who, Yay! Uh, he is he is he is like the antithesis of of Ray. He's actually playing uh, Sean Weiss, but he is he, he he's he, he's the Hobbit. He, like, but he loves his fans. He loves the con circuit. He he does it for for the love of the game. Where Ray does not. Ray needs money. That's why he's doing it. Um, so he's constantly getting a little advice here and there from him. The shows are... It, it's it's a dry humor 40% of the time. And then laugh out loud. Wow, that was obvious. Spill coffee or trip and fall. Or, there's one scene where Felicia Day actually gets to live out her role as... The, the body double and they're cornered I, s- I think I saw a clip of this in the trailer <laughs> in, in, for this in in okay the way it starts is he's on stage you know giving a, 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 a talking thing he's speaking and he uses the word retard okay not retard retard and he says you guys are retarding me because Sean previously gave him the definition of that to Hinder to like he he's really using it as the right word, but unfortunately there were like six handicapped people in the audience, and they all flip out. So there is this short scene of him being chased by like six people in wheelchairs with the you know the electric, (laughs) you know what I'm talking about. They put so they end up hiding in this like just this little side area, side hallway. And she's like, I've been working on my impression of you. And she pops out and she destroys him. 
but as if he is talking about himself. Spot on. I'm, I'm telling you, I had tears rolling down my face because she, it was the perfect impression of Ray. Not necessarily, you know, Alan, but perfect. The show feels like a project that they did for love. It doesn't feel like it's the same rote material over and over again that you see in every comedy. I highly suggest, I mean, if you have a friend that has Vimeo, get their code, get their logon, check it out, and then drop the 15 bucks to watch it. Not only do you get the, I want to say it's 13 or 20 episodes, somewhere in between there. Um, They send you, like, updates, like via email or whatnot, and there'll be added content. Um, They had this, during the Kickstarter program, they had one of the goals was if they reached a certain number, they would actually build a replica of the ship from Spectrum and then do a scene with Nathan Fillion. And I, I, they made it. They surpassed it. All the commercials for this show about Alan Tudyk telling Fox to go fuck themselves. Like, that's the <laughs> line of humor that's throughout the whole show. It's fantastic. I mean, Nathan Fillion, every time he shows up on screen, is hysterical. He actually used the line, um, yeah, all night gambling turned into a morning quinceanera. <laughs> okay. Didn't see that coming. Right? It makes sense because he was gambling with his Mexican gardener who apparently, whatever. Funny, funny, funny show. Absolutely worth the watch, worth the 15 bucks. I, I, I tried to get it via nefarious methods. Wasn't available. I didn't hunt too hard, so I said it's worth it. Let me support my boy Alan and get get some more of this this show made. So perfect. I mean, I'm so happy. So here's my question: Do they have any plans to take this uh, this set of characters, this story, any further than this, or is this just a one-off thing? I, as far as I know. With the success that came from the Kickstarter and the first season, um, I, I, I guess, revenue, because they're making money off of the show now that it's being on, yes, they're going to continue. Um, Yay. It, it feels similar to uh, Felicia Day was, uh, was the League? No, not the League. Uh, the Guild. Guild. Th- like, that was, a, it's a web, su- it's a web series. That, that went on for uh, how many seasons? Five? Ish. I think it was a, it was long for a web series. At least I had comic books and stuff too. Right. Um, so I, it's he's got a huge fan base. I mean, anybody mm-hmm. that loves, I mean, everybody from Firefly is going to show. I, it's it's unfortunate because I kept watching the commercials and the trailers over and over again. So I tried to the only Fireflyians that we saw was Nathan and Alan. That's it so far, but. Everybody else is in the coming attractions. They're going to show up. And they all seem to be playing ridiculous parts, which just brings joy to my heart. So two thumbs up from this guy for this show. Con man. Which is it? That's as many thumbs as you have. Actually, that's all the thumbs. I have have two more in my draw. Don't ask me where I got them from. I I shall not. Um, Gross. (laughs) Well, then why aren't you giving those thumbs up as well? Because they're slimy and I don't want to touch them anymore. Ew. Ew. <laughs> if anything, those would act as thumbs down. <laughs> I am super happy to hear that this uh, show is awesome because um, 
I want it to be awesome. I saw the trailers for it and thought it looked incredible. I I totally missed the Kickstarter on this one. Like I got it I didn't like even the know last it happened. Last <laughs> like I think it was three days, and I tried posting it as much as I possibly could, and they by the time I saw it, they had already reached their goal. So I knew about it, but we didn't have any money, so I didn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I'm definitely going to have to check this show out at my earliest convenience. Yes, yes, yes. Well, well worth the 45 minutes for like four episodes because they're either 10, 12 minutes. So definitely worth it. Nice. Well, I think it's time we uh, take a little breather. And um, what was I supposed to say, Chris? After these messages, we'll be right back. Oh, okay. We'll be right back after these messages. You see what I did there? I turned it into a joke. I'll cut this out. (laughs) The Garden State Brewfest has come and gone, but did you know you can relive all the memories at any time you want? Thanks to the power of Hunter Wild, Garden State Brewfest doesn't have to remain in the past. The giant inflatable beer can, the attractive women on stilts, the tasty alcoholic beverages. It's all in our new special imbibing scribe, Garden State Brewfest 2015 Recap. It's the most spooktacular time of the year at Geekade.com. With October being the month of all things ghoulish, we're celebrating with Geekade's 31 days of Halloween. Creators from the depths of Geekade staff are providing special Halloween-themed content every single day this month. Plus, don't miss special episodes of Ring the Bell, the Stone Age Gamer Podcast, Bits and Brews, Lost in Time, Why I Love Wrestling, the Waveback Music Podcast, and more all month long. Plus, as a special treat, we've got the Geekade premieres of Narrow Bridge Films Horror Movies every Saturday night at 8 p.m. It's 31 Days of Halloween on Geekade.com. Early last week, StoneAgeGamer.com's Ryan Cross joined up with Chris, Dean, and Dan to discuss the uncertain future and sordid past of the retro video game system. This meeting of the minds resulted in some heated discussions about the life and death of this controversial system from the people who brought you Retro Video Game Magazine. Don't miss the Stone Age Gamer Podcast, Episode 68, The Retro VGS Conversation. geek has got a new series, and it's horrific. The Macabre Movie Mausoleum has opened its doors, and Alex Azar is your guide through terrible growth of B, C, and D-list horror movies. For his first entry, Alex fills our minds with more Val Kilmer than you could shake a stick at with The Traveler, a movie about someone who goes from one place to another or something. Check out Macabre Movie Mausoleum, The Traveler, part of Geek Age 31 Days of Halloween. You can catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more right now at geekade.com. And we're back. Um, so... Let's talk some S-H-I-E-L-D. The Strategic Homeland... Blah, blah, blah. Blah. Strategic Homeland Intervention? I don't know. And Logistics Division? Okay, I'll go with that. Sounds fine. Somebody really wanted our initials to spell shield. (laughs) (laughs) Well said. Uh Okay, so we had the... The season premiere. Yes, we did. Um, I had to catch up a couple of episodes. I had missed like the last three episodes of the previous season. No. And 
not gonna lie, they are shoving the Inhumans down my throat. They really are. And I feel like the show is being tied into the Marvel Cinema Universe so much that they're making you watch the show to understand the movies. I don't know about that. Have have we heard the word Inhuman at all in any of the movies? Don't think so. But there is an Inhuman movie coming out, but not for like another couple of years. Right. Which is very interesting. Well, you know, they have to figure out some way to get around Fox and their mutant hoarding sons of bitches. Yeah. So, all right, what did we think about the first? I, I You know what? I, catching up with the last three episodes was the best way to do it. Coming into the, the first episode of the new season. Because mm-hmm. I would have forgotten everything that led up to this. I would have been... You know, because it just starts you right in the thick of things. Yeah, um, that throws you right in. So, how did we feel about the episode? Did we feel satisfied for a, a, a season premiere? Definitely, I did. Okay, yeah, yeah, definitely. We, we are all on the same page. Um, so I'm gonna go with the the only negative thing. Well, maybe not only, but the biggest negative for me is um, Sky cut her hair. Not a big fan of the the shorter haircut. I like her with long flowing locks, but other, I think she looks cute. Other than that, well, I'm a long hair guy. That's my thing. I like long hair. Um, but if you step back and just watch her action scenes, she kicks ass. Like she is a solid action actress now. That action sequence at the end of season two. Where she like just took out all those soldiers and whatnot, in, in, like in, like in that, that lab, yeah, in that lab kitchen, whatever the yeah. heck that was, like that was almost like. Granted, it wasn't the Daredevil hallway scene, but that was Shield's version of that, and it was pretty damn good. She she has really really yeah. come she's into come that. a long way. Yeah, she has. That show has come a long way. The, the, but she's an Asian pop star. I did not know oh, that until uh, somebody pointed that out to me. Yeah, she's a she's a singer. She's a pop star. I did not know that. The only time that her her fighting skills falter is when she fights May. Well, well yeah. No, 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 no. I I don't mean like she loses. I mean you could see like it's it's almost as if as an actress she's holding back to me. Well, I mean it's like <laughs> she's going up against like some legit real deal there you know you've got this com- when she's going up against grunts you have this this uh these two different skill sets that you know one can really play into another but may like legitimately kicks ass like ming na is awesome mm-hmm. and like when you put that right next to her it like it, it doesn't quite mesh but then again you know we haven't seen them fight uh this season yet so well it, and i i doubt i mean everybody's it's amazing how the relationships in this show go back and forth so quickly. Um, at the end of the last season, um, I still don't know which is which. There's there's Simmons and Fitz. We lost the girl because it's Fitz Simmons. Simmons. We lost Simmons, yes. So we lost Simmons. Uh, she gets eaten by a, a liquid rock. That's right. Something like that. I said that. <laughs> liquid rock. She gets swallowed up. Um, and we the the... the Pilot opens up with Fitz hunting down stuff to, to well, it doesn't really open. We, 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 his storyline is trying to find a clue to get her back. That little subplot was just like a, a blip on the radar because this this whole show was in humans, in humans, in humans, and humans. Okay, there was a there was a war. Shit went down. Um, Shield comes out more or less intact in the end. Uh, 
uh, Coulson wants to start a new Warriors, uh, a new team uh, to focus on the fact that now Inhumans are waking up all over the world because, you know... Because of vitamins. Because uh, <laughs> of vitamins, fish oil. Um, so, yeah, and Sky, as an Inhuman herself, is uh, in charge of said division since she is basically the only qualified S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and Inhuman. I feel like when whenever they start showing someone with a new power... I I, sh- I need to do some sort of research to see if that they're actually a comic based character, um, mm-hmm. Melty Dude, as I was calling him. <laughs> now he's not Fire Dude. He, he's not emitting heat. He just melts specific types of metal. <laughs> yes, that seems to be the case. <laughs> that was the stupidest power ever. Um, yeah, but imagine how much that's got to piss him off. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got to use a lot of ceramics. His 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 Inhumans powers kick up. He doesn't know what's going on. He gets confronted by this shadowy assault group, if you will. Uh, he is cornered, and then S.H.I.E.L.D. steps in. I'm going to say one of the coolest things to come out of the S.H.I.E.L.D. you know, warehouse is the... You're talking about the box. <laughs> is the flyby yes. elevator. <laughs> that was awesome. I, 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 you know, and the, the box shows up again in the in, later in the episode... Even cooler sequence because it was on a subway. Um, <laughs> it's those little bits of joy. Like that's why I started watching this show was because it, it focused on giving me nerd moments. Hey, Deathlock. Hey, robots that scan things. It kept doing that over and. Over. What's a man thing? It's robot that scans things. Deathlock. No, no. Remember the line? Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, yes. What's a man thing? You don't want to know. It keeps <laughs> doing that, and I love that. I am not familiar with the Inhumans from the comic book series. I know, like, the, the key players, you know, like the Medusa and, and Black Bolt and the dog, none of which I have seen no inkling of them at all. So I'm not. I, I, it's not giving me the same geeky moments that I want it to. But with that I being wonder said, if I wonder if they're saving those things that you know from Inhumans for the movie. Most likely, that's probably what's going on. Yeah, M- most likely it is. But I would like to see a, a, a slight reference to a woman who kicked someone's ass with her hair. Like that would make my day. You don't have to say Medusa. You don't have to. It's okay. I'll, yeah, we'll, I'll we'll we'll probably get there. We'll probably get something like that because you know they're gonna lay the groundwork for this. Like. They they've got to. This show is is getting better ratings. It's it, it's getting more attention because it's it's starting to piss off comic book fans less and less. And now it's basically turned into a superhero show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, they're they're going to be continuing with this level of popularity, and they're going to lay that groundwork as best they can. So in the premiere, did we see the uh, fake arm? Was that in the premiere? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah we did. I was a little... That was outstanding. That was I, well, him taking it off, that was awesome. But the fake black hand that he just keeps still... Like, I feel they could do something a little... He knows Iron Man. Like, like he is associated with the group, that with the dude that makes robotic limbs. I felt that they could come up with something a little bit better than that. But the takeoff yeah. and then the, the connection... Yeah, that was creepy. The Avengers still don't know that he's alive. Right, but they are still associated with S.H.I.E.L.D. True. Like, the tech is there. It can happen. Yeah. I do. Was there a point where he takes off his arm and threatens someone with it, or was that just in my head? 
I think he the, took off his arm to beat somebody when they had his ha- arms oh, that, handcuffed in the. Uh, that was yeah. <laughs> I'll 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 jump in and say there's there's two really fun mysteries from this season premiere that I I can't wait to figure out. First off, when I started, when I looked at uh, that inhuman type monster that attacked everybody in the hospital, I thought it was Blackheart, and um, then I saw he's wearing pants, and I'm like, ah, Blackheart. I don't think Blackheart wears pants. He's kind of like a black demon mm-hmm, mm-hmm. liquidy thing. So eh. I feel he's so yeah. I, I want he's Cree. Oh, could be because it's like that Kree the 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 you know the, well, the, the enemies Kree I feel like they've been they've been shown as a as as blue in um he wasn't in, blue in this universe he looked he looked solid black to me and oh, the thing with his, I his hair I saw black the hair thing with his body hair thing seemed a lot more. I don't okay. know. I, I feel like that's a character. I feel like that's got to be. But that's the thing. We don't know. It's a fun mystery. Like I can't wait to find out. He could be Cree, and wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that be weird to have a Cree, a living Cree on Earth? Like, what is he doing there? Mm-hmm. I agree. I, 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 fascinating. The other mystery: where the frig is Simmons? Like, where is she? Well, I'm. That, okay. <laughs> My notes for the end of the episode say Simmons is somewhere. <laughs> She's somewhere. I'm gonna go. I I I I, I want them. To somehow tie in, um, like the negative zone, or or, or something mm. to that, because um, I want them to get uh, Fantastic Four back, and <laughs> I want them to do a good Fantastic Four movie. Um, That'd be nice. There's uh, Stark was also involved in the negative zone situation. It wasn't just Richards, mm-hmm. so they could technically. I don't know who has the rights to it or whatnot. But he, she's, she, I, as we can see, she's not having a good time. Wherever she may be, she ain't living it up. So, no, she's being chased by something. But it also has a livable atmosphere. So, well, that if it know, didn't have a livable atmosphere, she'd be gone, and we'd lose the storyline. Of course, there's a livable well, atmosphere. <laughs> well, exactly. But that's what I'm saying. She's got to be somewhere where a human can survive, and something is living there and and tracking her down. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mad interesting, and I really got to take a side note, and I'm pretty sure Karen was going to say something about this too. But Fitz's uh, that actor in that last scene, yeah. I mean, like, all right, so this guy has been one of my favorite characters on the show since the beginning. He's just he's just charming, but he's he's relatively meek, mm-hmm. and you know he he loves Simmons, and with her gone, him really stepping up and being more in control but still within the confines of his character was really nice to see until the end of the episode when he just lost it and it was incredible yeah. it was absolutely incredible like i i just wanted to jump through the screen and hug the guy and be like look dude it's all right i don't know where she is but you'll find her cuz like it was it was heartbreaking because like that was that character completely losing it in an absolutely believable way punching a liquefiable rock from an alien planet or something like that. Like this show is preposterous, but God damn, he owned it in that moment. That was, that was just an incredible piece of acting. I'm 110% agree. The, awesome. the, the spittle, the anger, the, the rage that was in his face. I really like, as he was sitting there, I wanted to see him get swallowed so that now the two of them are together figuring out what's going on there wherever there is because i think that would be a a a more involved story than him because i really don't know 
what they what he can do to to solve the problem. I mean, what he thought was going to do it was a Hebrew scroll that said death. Mm-hmm. That was it. That he flat out said, "This is my last thing. This is it. This has got to be it. If it's not it, I don't know what the fuck to do." I, I want to see. I, I, I is it wrong that I want to see the two of them off world having adventures together? <laughs> <laughs> Spinoff. <laughs> like, I, I would watch that. <laughs> the Fitzsimmons show? Absolutely. I guess here's another question that I have. Um, yes, I would watch the Fitzsimmons show. <laughs> but another question that I have is I've seen Agent Ward in the promo material. Um, yeah. I wouldn't, I, I'm so curious because he was rebuilding Hydra at the end of the last season. So uh, that character... <laughs> That character is, it just cracks me up because he was such a freaking surprise. Like that whole turn in the first season where Mm -hmm. like this all-American good guy turned out to be a freaking Hydra agent, a villain the whole time, and then turning him into like a proper villain was, it was just such a genius move. I don't understand why they keep trusting him or working with him. It's like they keep putting themselves in this situation where they have no choice. Oh, it's so ridiculous. It's such a trope, but it's it's typically entertaining. Like, I'm glad he, like, that whole, like, fake May character got killed off because that was pretty dumb. Oh, yeah. Well, see, but, but like, I was just about to comment I on did. that because he, it seemed by the end of the last season that he had true feelings for that woman. And the fact that he killed her because of May. It's going to, like, reinvigorate his, his fucking death grip on wanting to kill every one of them. He's showing up for, at, at, I'm going to say, episode three. And <laughs> yeah, he's he's got to show up soon. But, I mean, like, you know, Ward's crazier than a bag of cats. So, no matter what comes up, it's going to be awesome. Do you think he's really and crazy? And man, oh, man. Do you really think he's crazy? Or he's just playing. Oh, there's yes. no question. We've seen his backstory. That dude is damaged as damage can damage. I think he may be like, damaged. I, I don't think he's crazy. I think he plays it. That's my. I, I think he's like fully in control. I think he thinks he's fully in control. <laughs> but I, I I think. Well, that's the great thing about proper crazy because he doesn't. He thinks he's sane. <laughs> like <laughs> proper he thinks crazy. He's, absolutely. <laughs> this guy's not like you know twirling his mustache. This guy's just he cray cray. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to edit out Cray Cray. <laughs> He's a Looney Tune, and I I look, I look want him to wake up with superpowers one day, and I just want them to be something ridiculous, like, I don't know, have, recall, grow his eyelashes really long or something like that. The only time we have seen... Okay, we have Hydra prevalent in all forms of Marvel cinema world. Yes. The only time we saw AIM was in the Iron Man movie, right? Yeah, Iron Man 2, okay. I think. Because that's a group that's going to have to come back because of, you know, their technical advancements, the the, the advancements in technology, the bad scientists. they got to have the beekeeper outfits. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> There's no other outfit to have. <laughs> I want to see him run those. Is that... Oh, Jesus. You want him to be in charge of yep. AIM? No way. I want, I want him to be the strong-arming... Of all of the bad guy scientists. That's what I want to say. Not that he's in charge of, like, making shit up or being scientist-y. He's just telling these brainiacs, this is what needs to happen. Do it. And they go and do it, and he takes over everything. I don't know. I, I would love to see a- a- AIM come back, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I feel like Ward's just going to come up with this ridiculous Hydra 
and it's it's gonna be like an off. Like they're gonna do what they did with a uh, shield last season, where there's like shield and shield shield, and he's gonna come up with Hydra, <laughs> and, Hydra and some Hydra. other idiot's gonna come up with with other Hydra, and then those two Hydra factions are gonna fight, and like everyone else is gonna be sitting back eating popcorn, watching them blow each other up. <laughs> I, okay, I'll sign up for that too. Yeah, I'd like to see that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm so happy that this the show is doing is what is doing well. I mean. DC was kicking ass in comic book television for so long. It's about time we start getting, you know, Marvel to step up to the plate and show us some really good comic book related shit. Not just Yeah, I mean turning turning Shield around was was a remarkable feat. Daredevil was next level, but I don't want that to take anything away from how stoked I am about Flash and Arrow, particularly Flash. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But a little bit Arrow because uh you know, just because of the things I've been reading about this new season, he's going to be called Green Arrow. It's going to have a lot more levity. And uh, if they're turning him a little bit more into the alley from the comics, and if Arrow is going to take the mythology that they've built and make the show feel more like Flash, then I'm, I'm fucking sold, like, a million times over, well, because the whole, Flash is amazing. The whole, it seems that the whole run, the whole... The, it's. Um... Heroes of Tomorrow? What is that? What's the other one? Legends. Legends of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow, yeah. That's going to be relatively lighthearted because of the cast of characters that they have going on in there. Flash is the Flash. I mean, I haven't had a negative thought about the Flash show except for the fact that I had to wait week to week. Outside of that, the only problem that I've had with the DC comic book line is the fact that Arrow is so goddamn dark. He's so brooding. And that's not Oliver. I mean... That's Bruce. Yeah, well, I mean, that was I was, was something that they specifically said in an interview that made me excited. Was they said that, you know the last season was so angsty, and this is going to move away from being so angsty. And you know, at the end of the last season, Ollie rode off into the sunset with a, a Felicity, and they still seem to be more or less together in this new season. So. I, I feel like Ollie's going to be a happier dude, and if there's a happier Ollie, that could transition into the Ollie that we know and love from the comics, because the way they painted him in the show is that he was a goofball screw-up before the island, and then he got all like super dark and serious, so if we meld those two things together, we may wind up with a proper Ollie. Here's- Although I hear he'll never grow a beard. Uh, maybe he can't. So... I've I've seen Stephen Amell's Instagram. He he has scruff. There, that's he, not the problem. He always has scruff. I think it's fake. I think it's delicious. <laughs> oh, jeezy. <laughs> Sinceriously. Well, I, I so with that being said, thumbs up for for Shield. Thumbs way up. I'm I've, so happy. Absolutely. I think this is the way you do a first episode. I think, you know, we've seen a lot of first episodes in the last couple of weeks, and there have been a lot of tell, not show, and this was a lot of, like, just do, just go, we'll figure it out later, you'll understand what's going on as we get into it, just fucking go and do it, and that's what they did, and it was so fun. Yeah, I. The, every episode seems to be showing more and more powers, which, I mean, that just jazzes me, that's great. That's what comic book television should be about. Show me a guy that could shoot lightning from his hands. You'll make me a happy man. Unless you're doing it like Asian Carter, which was also amazing. (laughs) All right. Well, I feel very good about everything. Um, Chris, throw us some details about our social media, please. 
So you can get in touch with us uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, whatever have you, at mail at geekade.com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook, find us on Instagram at Geekade, subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content, and follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade. You can also find us individually on the Twitter. I am at Geekade Chris, that's Geekade K-R-I-S. Karen is available at shoot underscore the underscore moon. And Evan is available at Geekade underscore Evan. If you're interested in more information about any of the shows we discussed tonight, be sure to check out the show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. And as always, remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com where we post something new every single day. And this month, exclusively this month, uh, for October, we're posting a new Halloween-related thing every single day for Geekade's 31 Days of Halloween. Back to you, Evan. Well done, sir. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of this week's episode. Uh, thank you all for joining us, and we appreciate the listen. And uh, as always, please, please enjoy your television, because if you don't, they'll take it away from us. From everyone here at this week's episode, I'm Evan Goldstein. I'm Chris Randazzo. And I'm Karen Randazzo. Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.